welcome back to the show. We are Radio Gripe. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Jen. And I'm Joe. And uh, yeah, this is a show where we like to... Well, I wouldn't say that we like to, but we do it nonetheless. This is a, a general discussion show where we just discuss. Generally things. discuss and uh, yeah, have a few alcoholic beverages and uh, check in with each other, check in with you. Thanks for Thanks for listening. Uh, you can check in with us. Uh, we have an email. It is we're trying show at gmail.com. So close. Uh, yeah. And uh, we also have an Insta. And what's the Insta? Uh, it's uh, Radio Gripe TX. Uh, yeah. Formerly known as we're trying. Uh, I didn't feel like getting a new email, or at least I haven't yet. Because nobody's emailed me so far, so why bother? Why somebody, confuse matters? Somebody email me it's and going tell me so well. why I should be more professional. I dare you. Um, well, where do we start? We just got back from a uh, workshop at the Sparrow, mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, Black Sparrow. Shannon's uh, dreams and goals for Black Sparrow, our collective dreams and goals for Black Sparrow, uh, just checking in with each other to, uh, yeah, check in with some of the uh, content creators on the Black Sparrow network. Uh, that y'all should check out as well. Uh, we had a nice conversation with Rory from uh, Storytime with Rory. He is going to be coming out with a new uh, topical discussion podcast. Uh, he's been bringing some great music to the table. Uh, he's going to be bringing uh, uh, jo- uh, joining us in the uh, uh, discussion format uh, with his new show, Let's Talk About It. Uh, so look for that on uh, Black Sparrow Network, and uh, that's, that's going to be... Uh, cast it out in pod pod form as well yeah we were also talking about some of the uh things we want to do for the patreon and creating some bonus content and everything else that's going to be going on there so uh we're we're about to start getting active as we break out of winter and uh start tackling this new year i'm looking forward to it it's going to be awesome uh but it has been a wild week beside um biggest news that i've heard out of the last week What'd you hear? Well, the uh, notorious QAnon shaman um, has has had a falling from grace and uh, has claimed that he has been duped. And uh, yeah, it's it's wild to think, right? Oh, I mean, that's his lawyer's argument. Yeah, you uh, heard his lawyer's quote, right? Uh, he referred to his client as uh, the guy with the horns. I mean, is he being represented by Rudy Giuliani? I think he's being represented probably by a pro bono lawyer that uh, really kind of regrets it. I heard some. I heard some different news over the last week. Uh, there was a whole fucking inauguration. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that happened. Uh, yeah, happened. Right. I'd like to say that our long national nightmare is over, and I'd like to feel that way, but. Um, also, I know it turns out in the final act that the alien is pregnant and headed to Earth. Or, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. He, killer's not really dead. He's definitely going to pop up with, uh, with a with a knife. Why didn't you kick the knife out of his hand? Why yeah. didn't you check to make sure he was? You know, don't even check to make sure he's dead. You were supposed to just light the house on fire and leave. That's what was supposed to happen. You were supposed to slow roll away from that house fire. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, I I can't help but feel way more optimistic than I felt in a long time. And uh, I did work and I tuned into the inauguration on the radio. So I, you know, caught some of that. Every single house I went 
two to go treat. Um, they, you know, everybody had the inauguration on uh, in the house as well. That I feel like that was something that we were all tuned in together, mm-hmm. and and not just from a, a sort of macabre curiosity about some right wing <laughs> terrorism that might be occurring on that day, that but was... from an actual yeah. uh, hopeful perspective of unity. At least that's the sense that I got. I will, I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, I had, uh, in, in the week or so leading up to it, I had, history. I had considered what I might see if I was tuning in live, uh, and it kept, kept me on edge, uh, that entire time. But, uh, while it was happening on that Wednesday, uh, I was also at work and just kind of checked in periodically, uh, with some news. And, uh, by the, by the time I got done with work, uh, I was, I was, I was almost giddy. Yeah. That it was all it was all just uh, kind of so not not with a bang but with a whimper. Uh, it was it was so easy and smooth. It seemed. Yeah, it was. They it, were I not. Found it hilarious. There were not protests, uh, right wing protests, or you know, stop the steal. I guess uh, protests at at capitals all across the country. That's what I was waiting to hear about, and I still haven't. Uh, it yeah. did. It did not manifest. We got to see Kamala Harris. Uh, she was sworn in by uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Biden was sworn in on his, you know, ancient family Bible. Uh, apparently people can I'd bring whatever picture, they want. Yeah, I had seen a picture of it that was massive. And, uh, you know, de- delivered a speech that was a, a sharp contrast to Trump's inaugural speech. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. (laughs) Trump had his own little party that day, um, his farewell party. He he never officially concedes and he never says Joe Biden by name. Sure. Failed to attend the uh, inauguration, which is historically notable. (laughs) But I imagine his voice getting uh, further away as he goes up a golden escalator and just kind of off into some clouds, (laughs) you know. Goodbye. We love you. We will be back in some form. So have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's kind of all uphill from here, it seems right. like. But, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, the silver lining there is um, maybe having at least some amount of transparency to kind of know more what we're facing. Mm-hmm. Because that was one of the things about the last four years is even whatever whatever the official line is, whatever it is you're hearing from the White House, you know not to believe that. 
And so you don't know what the actual truth is ever. Like these last four years have been fucked that way. I was listening to an interview with Fauci. Uh, you know, he's always been a very stoic man and the sort yeah. of glee in his voice. Dr. Fauci, Fauci, what, you've joked a couple times t- today already about the difference in that you feel in being kind of the spokesperson for this issue in this administration versus the previous one. Can you talk a little bit about, about how you feel uh, kind of released from from what you had been doing for the last year? Yeah, but you said I was joking about it. I was very serious <laughs> about it. I wasn't joking. Uh, no, actually, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be going back, you know, over history, but it was very clear that there were things that were said, uh, be it regarding things like hydroxychloroquine and other things like that, that really was an uncomfortable because they were not based on scientific fact. I can tell you, I I take no pleasure at all in being in a situation of contradicting the president. So it was really something that you didn't feel that you could actually say something and there wouldn't be any repercussions about it. The idea that you can get up here and talk about what you know, what the evidence, what the science is, and know that's it. Let the science speak. It is somewhat of a liberating feeling. I mean, you were basically banished for a, for a few months uh, there for a while. <laughs> you feel like you're back now? I think so. <laughs> well, okay. that's Mike Shear. You don't want to take questions from him. <laughs> so it's just kind of interesting. Like, you know that there was a gag order in place there where he's not allowed to go on unfriendly networks to yeah, t- talk about the pandemic right. and make recommendations to people. Yeah. Like, you know it. There's no way he was just on like a rando podcast doing an interview and like he wouldn't do MSNBC, but right. Um, I don't know if he appeared on Fox or not. Did yeah, I, I have to assume that he did? I would imagine so. I'm I'm sure that. Um, here's the thing: is that uh, the White House press room was kind of vetted and and like built out in its own way, and like uh, you had all kinds of like fringe media groups that wouldn't normally be in the White House. And, uh, like, fucking InfoWars had a spot uh, at the table in the White House press yeah, room for a brief bit. horrifying. Yeah. Um, so you had that angle. And uh, we also know that Trump was really big on NDAs. And uh, as soon as he got into office and started building out his staff, uh, not even, like, the cabinet or anything, but including the cabinet, like, NDAs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Nobody is allowed to talk about anything, which is not... It's kind of like implied already, <laughs> like that if you work in the White House, you don't really like go, just go spilling the beans about everything. But then what happens is that a great multitude of people end up going off record with yeah. Washington Post reporters. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That who, administration was a, it was a fucking spongy boat. It, it was so full was of leaks. It was a that was sieve. It was an absolute sieve. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to leaks. <laughs> And so, I mean, that's what you end up with is this this bizarre dichotomy where, uh, yeah, you don't you don't speak with the press because the press is enemy number one. And you also are leaking like uh, leaking like a switch or I'm sorry, a spongy boat was your a spongy boat is what I said. You're thinking of that inflatable kayak that I got for us that we took out on. No, man, that thing works great. Ranger. No. It is no, spongy, though. I, I mean to say something which, uh, almost by its nature, 
has these holes with water. It's just made for everything to leak out. Right. You know what I mean? A, sp- a boat like, made out of sponge is not like going to work. Like a sieve. It's going to take on water. It's going to get heavy. Yeah. It's going to go down. And it's going to sink. <laughs> and uh, we were nearly there. Biden has a speech really focusing on unity and coming together. It's, it's a little unclear who he's talking to. Unity is, he is a big tagline. Tr- is he trying to appeal to the the nation of MAGAs who refuse to recognize him as a president? Is he talking to us that we need to come together with them in a spirit of unity? Which there are certain people, I think, that we're just not going to be able to do that with. I think that he's... Uh, I think that the term that was used was the deplorables. Well... I know that he didn't say Antifa, stand by, <laughs> stand down. Stand by and you know, stand back. Stand by and stand back. Uh, no, yeah. it's the, There's the big call for unity because I think that there's uh, a mainstream outlook that the last several years of protest uh, and... I, I don't mean just the George Floyd desk because before Trump was in office right. uh, talking about um, racial inequality in the justice system has had its own history. That shit was already happening under Obama. We were already seeing it. And we were already seeing people take to the streets. It had only grown under Trump. And what we ended up reaching towards the uh, end of his administration, I think really puts the cherry on top of one of one of the kind of driving images of the administration right. as being like the law and order. Uh, the swan party. song of the violent uprising. Yeah, it's, um, it's really clear to see now how that works out. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real. But I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we're all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial and victory is never assured. Through civil war, the Great Depression, World War, 9-11, through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. In each of these moments, enough of us, enough of us have come together to carry all of us forward. And we can do that now. These people are terrified. There's a lot of people right now that are terrified that... um we're, we're living under a communist illegitimate regime right now. And nah. they, a lot of these people are going to have to spend a little bit of time on themselves. They're going to have to de-radicalize. I hope that they do. I hope that they come back down to reality a little bit, get in touch with themselves, hopefully get in touch with their friends and family that they, uh, you know, ostracized Somebody. or ostracized from due to their virulent and bizarre viewpoints. Here's what I would recommend to anybody who is trying to care for somebody who's who's coming down off of the. It's going to uh, be a hard come down. You need to offer them coming, some coming back into this some orange juice, some orange slices, yeah, lots of water, yep. a dark room with some like 
maybe chill. Two, two buckets. You know, lo-fi hip hop. <laughs> yeah. Two <no>. buckets. <laughs> <laughs> two buckets. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's going to be rough. I want to laugh so hard about it, but it's, it is sad. You know what I mean? That a lot of people were, were so fucking duped. And, uh, I know that that's been, that's one of been, that's been one of the problems is that people don't want to admit whenever they've been conned into something, you know, and that's the thing is that this was like one of the biggest fucking cons we've ever seen. This is insane. It's a big, it's a big lie. It's been insane. Um, yeah, it's it's a big lie. Yeah, I was having a thought earlier today, and I, I, I didn't take time to properly crystallize it, but uh, you know how we've talked about the effects of lead poisoning on oh, right, right. generations, uh, you know, back before they removed the lead from gasoline. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and everything. It was in paint. It was in... In pipes, everything. In, yeah. And in the... So there's, you know, been some talk about um, what what we saw in the 70s and 80s, where there was like a ton of violent crime, uh, particularly in cities all across America, mm-hmm. serial killer activity. Um, it's just like kind of a crazy time that there might be, you know, some of the burden for this, all this weirdness. You there know, could be some correlation there. Correlation. Yeah. Uh, s- subsequent to the removal of lead. Yeah. Um, and um, you you can see it in in other countries too that ended up removing the lead from things a little bit later um, or earlier than the United States uh, set about doing it. Lead could be this affliction that affected the twentieth century using a lot the of industrial petroleum. Age, yeah. The indu- one of the great plagues of the industrial age could be the effects of all all of this lead on people, mm-hmm. and the and we see the fallout uh, from that. And we're currently living no longer in the industrial age. We're currently living in the digital era, mm-hmm. the 21st century. And fortunately, we already know the dangers of silicon. Well, I mean, there could be this. Like for a second, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, we're all like so many people are living under a mass delusion right now. And it, it, there's it's going to be difficult. Like they're going through a difficult transition period right now. It blows my fucking mind, like what we came to as a nation and what really what happened around the world, too. You know, for a second, I was like, maybe it is 5G. Maybe 5G is poisoning the brains. <laughs> well, it couldn't yeah. just be 5G. It would have to be 4G and 3G, yeah. too. When you say when you say um, around the world, do you mean to say how things are moving politically in other places like the UK? Yeah, well, I mean, like, like the- Q- QAnon. Okay, First of all, right. is is worldwide now, and um, and yeah. Second of all, there's there's a rise of of the right all across the world as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some places never end never end the battle with it. Um, yeah, I think the yeah. toxin is not five G, and it's no, I, I and mean, it's not lead. The toxin uh, I, uh, might be the internet. We're seeing 
the widespread use of the internet and we're all a part of this experiment and you know maybe these are just societal growing pains that we will eventually overcome you know that's something that i was thinking about is that one of one of perhaps one of the most damaging things that society has is uh the potential for the echo chamber that the internet provides and how all there's all these calls for unity right now but that is almost it is near impossible in the digital age and in in a time when we are all isolated because of quarantine or because of the pandemic um we're going to need and, and to every, and come closer to a shared reality before we can experience some unity, I think. The internet is essentially a, uh, it's a different reality. Like, it, it contains factual information, but it contains a lot of non-factual information. And once somebody starts supplanting their own actual reality with everything that they know from the internet, then they're not living in a an accurate reality is like the way that I know to say it. Yeah. It's very and interesting. We're, we're in a way we're more connected than ever, but we mm. also splinter off into, groups. we are also, we are also like further away from being rational individuals, and especially groups as ever. All of us are having our own little daydreams and we're just imagining things and letting it run wild. And we're, we're in that space where we're kind of asleep, kind of awake. And so we're in a different scenario yeah. and we're creating this universe around us. And then always forgetting what we just did and then just moving on to the next absolutely fucking wild thing. It's so, and it's so bad for society and it's so bad for me personally. Ah, man, it really hey, fucks with me. Hey, internet that's uh, listening to us right now, meaning you, the person who is listening to us via the internet, shame on you. <laughs> and us. We made you do it. Analog for life. <laughs> shout out to shannon um but yeah no uh biden's unity speech i just want to say you know a lot of people i mean uh, personally i think that if if bernie sanders had been the candidate he still could have beat trump i that's just i don't think elizabeth warren could have uh because the misogyny runs too deep yeah i don't think that would have worked i'm sorry to say i think bernie sanders could have beat trump <clears throat> yeah and i uh, I don't think he would have come out on inauguration day just like windmilling at Republicans, uh, you know, punch Pence in the face, <laughs> stand in front of the mic and say, welcome to the communist era. Everybody, everybody get in your bread lines now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he also would have given a stirring speech about coming together yeah. uh, to accomplish things in unity. But that but Biden is really he's built his whole career on this, being able to reach across the aisle work with people that are ideologically different. He even bragged about being able to work with, you know, toxic ass racists, uh, like, uh, Strom Thurmond. That's who we, ultimately that's who we selected because that's what we wanted. Uh That's what the majority of us wanted. Yeah. You know what? When people keep saying 74 million people, I just keep thinking like, damn, that's too many people for one country. (laughs) It's like, it's like (laughs) nearly what I think. And that's, that's not the full count. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know. So wait, 74 million people is who voted for Trump? Is That's, right? yeah. Okay, so 74 million people may or may not have tuned into the inauguration and had a completely different take on it, um, you know, than we did. 
But uh, yeah, Joe, so, uh, you were saying, you know, one of the big breakout stars uh, of this inauguration was the, the youngest poet to ever present at an inauguration. Amanda Gorman. Yeah, it was very moving. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it. Because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a forest that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. Yeah, unfortunately, because I was working, I managed to miss most of her poem. Uh, It came back somewhere maybe at the end of Lady Gaga's uh, rendition of the national anthem. Which, yeah. A lot of people are saying that her outfit was very Hunger Games. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> I saw pictures. Fashion on fucking point. Did you see? Oh, Mich- yeah. Did you see Michelle Obama? Oh yeah. No, she was all the fucking. Oh my rage. god, she Here's looked good. Hey, y'all, check out our IG page for uh, a, a nice little meme dump that we'll do over this weekend of some of the best inauguration memes. Everybody, frankly, everybody looked a little Hunger Games, except for uh, Bernie Sanders, who looked <laughs> who looked a little bit like the the what the Thirteenth District, or I, I don't. He looked a little bit more like he's from the districts than the city, but yeah, right. Uh, bless his heart. We we love some Bernie Sanders memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love the, we love those mittens. Yeah, those, I've, you know. I've I've seen. So many within you. You said just a little bit ago. Fuck, it's been three days. We're like we're we're recording this on Friday. The inauguration happened two days ago. Uh, so including today, it's been three days. So including today has been three days. Uh, but yeah, it's been a whole world. the The meme of Bernie Sanders has already like hit its death. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at what Biden has done in three in three days. Because man, they got their work cut out for him, and they're going to be going into a Senate hearing, uh, an an impeachment of, of this impeachment's Trump. not going to be as easy as we thought. Uh, well, it's going to take time uh, from from other things, and that in you know that crucial uh, first couple of weeks, especially during this right. pandemic, where that has to be managed. It's uh, it's like the first forty eight of a crime. Exactly. Uh, there is a reversal of a Trump administration uh, directive. Uh, this restores collective bargaining power and worker protections for federal workers and lays the foundation for a $15 minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Calls for assistance to those who are struggling to buy food, missed out on stimulus checks, or are unemployed. Accelerates manufacturing and delivery of supplies for vaccination testing and PPE. Mm-hmm. Uh, directs FEMA to expand reimbursement to states to fully co- uh, cover the cost of uh, for National Guard personnel and emergency supplies. Um, and the National Guard, that's a whole other thing. That's a thing. Uh, establishes the Pandemic Testing Board to expand U.S. coronavirus testing capacity. That should have been done minimum nine months ago. Um, yeah, I would say so. 
establishes a preclinical program to boost development of therapeutics in response to pandemic threats, enhances the nation's collection, production, sharing, and analysis of coronavirus. Again, should have been done a long time should ago. Have, yeah, uh, we were – sorry, not, not, not you and I here at the table, but the administration was very fucking like – Close armed, just like sullen and everything about the coronavirus. And I'm like, not even done with the pandemic. There's a lot of executive orders that were that's signed. That's a lot specifically first, about that. Yeah. First day. Uh, directs FEMA to create federally supported community vaccination centers. Directs the Department of Education and HHS uh, to provide guidance for safely reopening and operating schools, child care providers, and institutions of higher education. Again, should have been done a long time ago. Uh, calls on the occupational, uh, well, OSHA. To release clear guidance on COVID-19. Uh, oh, uh, we're talking about 100 days of ma- mandatory mask wearing. Yeah. Uh, in public areas. That's a- airports, uh, on on transit. Uh, just quick note to anybody who might be listening to this who's like against wearing a mask in public. Here's all I got to say. Facial recognition software. Yeah. Does that help, guys? Wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the 100-day masking challenge uh, asks Americans to wear masks for 100 days, requires masks and physical distancing in federal buildings or on federal lands, urges urges state and local governments to do the same. Uh, I think Texas is already suing. Uh, stops the United States withdrawal from the WHO uh, with oh, Anthony yeah. Fauci becoming the head of the delegation mm-hmm. to the uh, World Health Organization. There is something in there about the Paris Accord. Yeah, I haven't even... Rejoins the Paris Climate Accord, a process that will take 30 days. There is a... Oh, man. I'm sorry. Let me me just... uh, Quick ones. Uh, Cruz tweeted out something about, uh, oh, this proves that Joe Biden cares more about people in Paris, France than people in Pittsburgh. Wow, that's an incredible misunderstanding. Fuck this guy so bad. (laughs) Wait, who who tweeted that? Ted Cruz. Yeah, I gotta hate him. No, yeah. Who would you expect? Uh, one of the only ones left with a Twitter. Willfully ignorant. D- did you listen to my brother and my brother? My not the my, 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 um, not the new the most one, recent no. one. They were like flirting with uh, slander accusations, like slander lawsuits. Uh, you know, because uh, Griffin lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if in in Austin or just in Texas. Yeah, yeah, Austin. I'm pretty sure. Um, and he's just like Ted Cruz pees his pants because he likes the warm wet uh nice <laughs> nice feeling nice feeling of his pee pants and he said it several times <laughs> and when they discussed the possibility of a like a slander lawsuit he was like no i want that because i want ted cruz to have to go to court and tell a judge i don't like the warm wet f- <laughs> when i when i pee my pants it's not because of the warm, wet, comfortable feeling of my wet pee pants. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be officially on the record. <laughs> and yeah, good luck to him. I hope that I hope that Cruz uh, Bim Bam lawsuit uh, manifests. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. Cancels the Keystone XL pipeline and directs agencies to yeah. review and reverse more than a hundred Trump actions on the environment. I had heard about that one. Trump, in his last week in office, was really rushing the sale of some uh, Alaskan wildlife refuge. Dude, he was rushing uh, everything. People didn't even want it. It it ended up uh, decreasing in price repeatedly. Oh, my God. That's insane. Um, You know what? 
he he tried his best and he was like there's oil out, there but they were probably worried about handed out a whole slew of fucking pardons including uh uh little wayne but not joe exotic not joe exotic so oh, sad that was so sad that limo that had, limo driver mm. had a day he got to talk to the press he got to just chill hanging out with the beauty team that was waiting and yeah Sorry, he passed uh, uh, workplace discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, reverse the Muslim ban, obviously. Right. Um, undoes the expansion of immigration enforcement uh, in the United States that occurred I under the Trump administration. I fucking loved seeing that one that they mentioned by name, like, we are going to stop our priorities with ICE. Yeah. Yeah. Halts construction of the border wall by terminating the national emergency declaration used to fund it. That's a reversal of Trump policy. That's hilarious because, I mean, really, you could have just you could have just not acknowledged it and it would have just stopped anyway. Like, that shit wasn't really happening. Come on, me. Like, tear, tear the motherfucker down and build some sculptures at this point. I mean, point. obviously, like, I, I don't know how much uh, in, in taxpayer dollars went towards... <sighs> Either purchasing borderland from people and or erecting a wall on it. Right. Um, I don't know how much Walcott built. Uh, not yeah, not there, a lot. There's some good questions that maybe we, we would answer on a different episode. Uh, well, one can hope. Uh, the NRA uh, is attempting to declare bankruptcy and then move to Texas. And they're basically trying to get out of a lawsuit that has been lobbied against them in New York for fraud and a um you can't escape the new york judicial system by just moving to texas they will come after your ass the new york new york the new york attorney general has said no this lawsuit stands you can move to texas all you want uh you have committed crimes in the state of new york adler will physically place himself between you and the entire state of new york and bodily defend you that'll probably happen too yeah (laughs) you know what put fucking Cruz out there put him in his fucking braveheart makeup and let him make a last stand (laughs) um but yeah, so this is kind of the same thing is that I think that now that Trump has actually left office, there is going to be a little bit more accessibility with him as a private citizen. Uh, and these things have been brewing and waiting. I mean, he's been he's been haunted by investigations and lawsuits his right, entire right, adult right. life. You know uh, what? Let's stop. Let's stop talking about Trump. Yeah, let's. Uh, we don't need to do this anymore there's gonna be uh it's true an impeachment trial so he he might pop up a little bit here and there but pretty much as of today trump is no longer relevant and we'll see if he builds his media empire but we we don't have to talk about him anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't have to fucking do this anymore
so yeah. A uh, few other things to talk about other than uh, all of the uh, shit talking that we've been harboring for all these years. Um, there, there was a one thing that is happening that that just happened that needs to be paid attention to is that you know this whole thing with the National Guard being called up to the Capitol, uh, thousands of troops. We all saw the images of. People sleeping on the floor in the Capitol building. Um, I guess later cots were brought in for people. Yeah. Yeah. These are, you know, uh, hardworking men and women of America who are in the National Guard uh, who were brought in. Yeah, man. They to protect the Capitol after the shit they show. Put their lives on hold and uh, go and do the service. Um, and we were all pretty weird and I imagine they were too like it was a probably a very tense scene basically yesterday like day right after the inauguration they were all unceremoniously just booted uh from the grounds and they were told that they had to vacate and uh without proper planning and everything else from their chain of command uh you know a lot of them just ended up uh spending a night or two in a parking garage at this point, or at the time that I had read about this, about 100 of them had tested positive for COVID, and they've put them in, you know, cram- they put them in a fucking parking garage uh, to, like, shack up for the night because they got booted out of the Capitol grounds. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck and is going on there. That sounds, I think that there was, it was the same kind of thing where people want to talk about, they were worried about optics. And I'm like, how can you be so fucking bad worried about optics that you fuck something up that bad? That doesn't make sense to me. I think that there's definitely some explaining that's got to be fucking done about this. uh, Because... Boy, the explaining just keeps on fucking piling up, doesn't it? I mean, it ain't going to go away, you know? Unless you got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, so uh, that was a thing that we've heard about that we are going to like try to keep track of. And uh, yeah, fuck that. Um, Also... So, uh, file this next one under Adventures in Late Stage Capitalism. There is a hospital in Houston, uh, the Heights Hospital, uh, a bit of a clinic, so they're not like 24 hours. Uh, Some doctors had showed up uh, the other day to open up, and they found that the doors were locked, their keys didn't work, and there was a note claiming that there was back rent on the property. And until rent was paid in full, they were not allowed access into the building. And so uh, Dr. Mack, uh, who has been giving out around 100 COVID tests a day, just set up triage in the parking lot and uh, like tried to treat patients the best they could. This is more like a clinic. It's not like a, an ER or an extended stay right. hospital, but it is a clinic that relies on daily uh, operations and, and, and a lot of people coming in and, uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Mack had also said that in conversations to try to get it resolved, everybody was just pointing fingers at each other between, uh, the property management company, the property owner, the bank and every, everybody else <laughs> like that is involved. Everybody's just pointing fingers and nobody's like, I don't know why it's not paid and who, you know, how you're supposed to get the keys. So, yeah, I, I want to say that's a pretty interesting spot for us to be in here in the 21st century where uh, a hospital gets fucking locked out because 
the rent's not been paid and nobody even knows who's to blame at this point between everybody, uh, all parties involved. Has that situation been resolved? On Tuesday, some medical workers were allowed back into the hospital briefly after having waited for hours. Um, uh, but they said that they were limited to two people at a time to retrieve items from the building. Hmm. Uh, but this, the fiasco at the Heights Hospital, resulting from the private ownership of hospitals and a petty squabble over profit in the middle of the COVID pandemic, illustrates the objective necessity for the working class to nationalize the medical system and put it under the control of the working class for the fulfillment of human need rather than private profit. Yes, comrade. So, okay, it was just like, yes. what website am I on? Oh, World Socialist Website. I just happen to be happen to <laughs> click on World Socialist website mm. for that news article. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we're we're gonna take a break from all that kind of shit, and we're gonna talk about dinosaurs because <clears throat> this is what I'm bringing. This is the energy that I'm bringing to the podcast right now. Uh, Joe, some weeks ago. Uh, we were drinking beers and talking as we are right now. And uh, I was speculating about dinosaur genitals, um, assuming that we did not have any soft tissue preserved to know anything about dinosaur genitals. What we do know, uh, we can get from looking at their ancestors, the lizards and birds uh, that inhabit our world that are the direct descendants which most of them have the uh, the what's-its. Oh, uh, for genitals, it's really a very efficient system. It's a cloaca. It's it's for avoiding poop and pee, and it's also their genitals. It's used for mating. It's also used for ovulating. Anybody that's got chickens. Very utilitarian. Uh, those cloaca. Yeah, it's a very simple utilitarian organ. So I was speculating that dinosaurs probably had cloaca, but um, I guess the question was, do they also have penises because we know that some animals have uh, some of these uh reptiles and avians do have penises and some do not like the duck the duck uh famously has a penis famous for his penis particularly the muscovy duck uh which we see in great abundance here in taylor they're the ugly warty looking ducks but i love them so much i always called them the maryland manson ducks (laughs) Yeah, they, they, they go pretty hardcore. Um, but they're, <laughs> and uh, not not least of all with their penises, which are long and corkscrew shaped. And they're not the only birds with penises, but notably ducks have long corkscrew shaped penises. And interestingly, some female ducks have also developed long uh, corkscrew kind of shaped uh, orifices as well. It was just, There was just something about the sentence that... They're not the only birds with penises that I was like, did you mix up your words? Because that sentence doesn't sound right. No, you said it right. It just doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you look at other reptiles, uh, some of them do have penises. Some do not. Some reptiles are even parthenogenic. They are able to reproduce asexually. Right. Um, This happens pretty rarely compared with other parthenogenic species, but... uh, Like our friend, the... I have no idea. The uh, snail? I mean, I guess. Are I you was, saying I just, the snail? I thought, I thought maybe you had one uh, locked and loaded. Well, I mean, there was that, uh, you know, there was a, <laughs> actually, we, we had a fun, uh, our mudroom does not have any, uh, I think there's like a two inch gap under the door and around the door. 
And I went in there and <laughs> I was going to pop on the light and Joe was just like, don't use that light switch. And I was like, why? And I looked at it and there was an odd looking uh, walking stick bug perched on the light switch that probably would have scared the shit out of me and I would have done more damage to it, uh, obviously, right. <laughs> than was necessary. Um, and yeah, I thought it was odd looking. Um, and I realized later it's because it was in the mating process. Yeah. And um, it hung out for a good two days in the mudroom. And when I say it, I mean they. They were mating the whole fucking time. They have notoriously long mating processes. Uh, they make love for days, baby. And then finally they just disappeared. They they went <clears throat> out back into the world. They were done. Well, I took I, them. I had a quick cigarette and. I took I took them outside. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, good. I was like, hey, hey, you all. Get her room. The fuck fest is y'all's, over. Y'all's, by the way, y'all's room is outside. <laughs> but uh, I really like these guys too because they don't have to mate. Uh, they the females can reproduce asexually, mm. and oh, nice. they, of course they're going to have clones. They're going to have more females. Yeah. Uh, but it just makes me think the fact that their mating process can go on, uh, you know, for up to seventy two hours, and they don't even need to do it. In order to reproduce, makes me like them even more. It's like they're doing it for fun. Uh, it's, I mean, and for for the benefit of the species, because you can't have too many clones oh, yeah. of the same you don't wanna, creature. Because sure. you become more vulnerable. We uh, all as a species. we all saw that uh, Michael Keaton flick, mm. which I didn't. Actually. I did not, but uh, that's probably the moral of multiplicity. There we go. That's what Michael Keaton wants us to know about cloning. But not cloning, cloacas is what we're talking about. We're talking about cloacas. Um, so they just discovered recently the fossilized cloaca of a, a dinosaur. I can't recall what the name of the dinosaur is, but it's about a Labrador-sized uh, terrestrial dinosaur. And, uh, you know, so we have a, a now preserved, the preserved genitals of a, a dinosaur that's some 65 million years plus. And when I heard it was fossilized, I actually pictured it as like an imprint in a rock, but I looked at it <laughs> and there is attached soft tissue. It's, it, it's, it's a ossified. It's a, essentially, yeah, I guess it's ossified. It looks like mummified. Yeah, a uh, okay. fragment of a dinosaur is very, very cool. It's wild. We still don't know. The jury's a little bit out on whether or not dinosaurs had penises, but we do have a dinosaur cloaca. We can confirm that they had cloaca. This one is unlike the cloaca we see in any species uh, walking the earth today. I've heard that it's unique. It is unique. It most closely resembles the cloaca of alligators and crocodiles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's flanked by f- sort of, uh, I, I guess they know this, um, d- darkly pigmented flaps, which might have contained some some musky scent glands that were integral to the uh, mating, you know, pre-mating process or mm-hmm. mating ritual. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I love that I have confirmation that dinosaurs had cloaca. I'm not sure how so many species of bird and reptile ended up losing their penises, um, I think I read a quote that someone surmised that they, uh, oh yeah, how he says it is, uh, they may have lost their penises the way snakes lost their limbs. 
but also we know that snakes do most snakes do have penises mm-hmm. uh two of them actually uh so technically limbs hem- hemi- <laughs> yeah it's the only limb that a snake has is it's two uh what they call hemipenes um and in fact female snakes also have two clitorises mm. uh same same type of I, I, tissue but probably a little hope. bit smaller um, which may, you know, they have a very awkward mating process probably because they have to sort of entwine around each other. And it might be helpful if you have two penises to be on whatever side of the uh, receptive vent that the, the female uh, has. law of large numbers. We, of course, have chickens here and chickens do not have penises. They only have cloaca and they like to just they they like to well. They like to literally bump uglies they, yeah they literally do and just hope that there's some transfer there between their the vents as they're sort of mashing them together oh sounds kind of sexy shit what else did i what else do i know oh yeah um so chickens obviously are terrestrial birds they don't fly uh but it could be that this started with flying you know, and any bird that has a, a penis that's just a little bit more weight and a little bit more drag. And while ducks do fly, they mate in the water. Listen, I got, I, I honestly don't know. We should probably switch topics at this point. I just thought that was really fucking uh, fun. Wanted to bring yeah, it to you Yeah, no, that's good. That's some, uh, yeah, that's good. We um, all want to picture dinosaur junk when we're thinking about dinosaurs. Well... I mean, I, didn't, I don't know about I that didn't, statement. Okay, I did not when I was seven and I was into dinosaurs, but I'm a grown woman now. I need, you know, rule 54, okay? So I need to know about dinosaur sex. Hit us with your best Jurassic Park fanfic. We're trying to show at gmail.com. Your, your best Jurassic Park slash fanfic. Do you need a slash there? It makes it gay. Hey, whatever your flavor is, as long as it's dinosaur themed, I guess.
Hey everybody, it's Joe here, just hopping in for a little bit of a station break. I just want to take a moment to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our show, and thanks for listening to OKBSR, Blacksboro Digital Radio. Uh, you know we're fully independent. Uh, we keep things going with the help of our Patreon community. Uh, you can be a part of it. You can go to BlacksboroMusicParlor.com, look for the Patreon link there. And while you're there, you can also do the live stream of the radio uh, for everything that's coming out. We've got uh, around 15 different shows we're about to bring up a new one uh, more details on that as it's going to come to light uh, but yeah always taking on new people and doing new things that's how we roll uh so yeah go get on that patreon uh you can join for as little as two dollars a month you know um there are higher levels and we're working on some different ways to work rewards for those higher levels and everything else uh but yeah go check it out um many, many thanks to our patreon community who does keep us uh moving on also want to say big thanks to Trevor Ryan of the Mental State Fair for letting us use Dying in Texas as our theme song, and uh, Alex Cuervo of Spectrostatic for letting us dive into his whole catalog of great stuff, and uh, Hoofless out of Salt Lake City. Uh, if you're hearing this and uh, you got some music that you would be willing to donate, uh, just reach out to us at weirdtryingshow at gmail.com, or feel free to hit us up on RadioGripeTX on Instagram. Yeah, we're always looking for new stuff. Um, also, I sometimes forget to say this either at the top of the show or in the middle of the show. I think I'm supposed to say it at both, but just to, just to be clear, the opinions that we share here on Radio Gripe do not reflect the opinions of KBSR as a whole or any of the other shows. Uh, we've got our little pocket of the airwaves to do what we do, so what we say, and uh, we take full advantage of that. Yeah, so hopefully you dig it, and uh, if you don't, uh, either way, like, Hit us up, reach out with that email or the Instagram. Let us, let us know what you think about the show. That's about all I got to say for this week. Stay tuned and uh, go get on KBSR and see everything else that they got going on. And uh, we'll see what keeps happening as this year keeps moving on. All right, well, let's get back. Okay, I got another one. Alec Baldwin quits Twitter, at oh. least temporarily. Okay. I, I'm. Here's the thing, Jen. I will care about this for as long as you're talking about it. Yay! <laughs> That's all I ever ask. Uh, so Alec Baldwin uh, is dealing with the controversy, controversy surrounding his wife, Iladia uh, Baldwin, she is an author and like wellness influencer, Instagram influencer. Now, a Twitter user whose name I can't recall uh, had posted, you know, something like congratulations to Eladia Baldwin for her decade long grift of pretending to be a Spanish woman. Okay. And which got some attention because anyone that uh, follows her uh, influencer you know, sort of lifestyle stuff was was like wait what appalled she's wait she's not she's not spanish <laughs> she's got this whole fucking thing this whole yeah. dark-eyed exotic beauty thing going on okay um but <laughs> apparently that's not true Eladia baldwin is actually hillary from boston not Eladia from mallorca uh in espana so it's true because i've I've heard a little bit on the outside of this, but I don't usually dive into these stories, so I don't know the details. Are you telling me that this is a fake persona that has been created? 
I am. Oh, boy. Now, now it's interesting. Now, the, so the internet loves a fraud. So this became super viral. And um, Ilaria did have to go on. Or Hillary. Hilaria. Let's just say, let's split the difference and say Hilaria. Oh, okay. I uh, had to uh, go on and say, look, I've never claimed to be from Spain. That's not true. She's actually claimed to be from Spain a lot. <laughs> uh, all of her official, like, bios, all of her interviewers. For the last, just, she's been married to Alec Baldwin for nine years. But here's what I have to say about that. Alec Baldwin, not to my not my taste as a man. Sure. But he's a handsome guy. He's funny, he's a big star. He's a sharper Charlie Sheen. I get you. Yeah, you don't you not want that Charlie Sheen. You want to go with that I'm Alec with, Baldwin. I'm fine with Charlie Sheen. If you like the Charlie Sheen flavor though, you're gonna want to pick an Alec Baldwin because Charlie Sheen will destroy your life. This is not someone you want to date. Alec Oh wait, I was thinking of Martin Sheen, my bad. <laughs> no, because Charlie Sheen's a sharper Martin Sheen, but as, as is Alec Baldwin. He's probably the Baldwin you want to go with. He's pretty much the only one left. Frankly, he does not want to marry, you know, a plain old rich waspy Hillary from Boston. That's not interesting right, right. to Alec. He wants an exotic beauty of mysterious origins. It's a well-known fact that Alex had a crush on Sama Hayek. Uh, who was in 30 Rock for five episodes in 2008, playing a Puerto Rican nurse uh, slash love interest slash femme fatale uh, for Alec Baldwin's character on that show. Baldwin called her, quote, the most fabulous woman ever. Not going to disagree. Look, we all want to be Salma Hayek. Yeah. Some of us are better at pretending to be Salma Hayek than others. Now, <laughs> if once Eladia noticed, once, okay, once Hillary started dating Alec and noticed that when she is this person, he really likes that. And they have uh. built uh, the whole foundation of their relationship on this. Whether or not Eladia has been honest over the years about her roots and who she really is. Now, her parents do now live in Spain and vacationed in Spain. Um, I don't. I think and she is properly bilingual. Uh-huh. Her mannerisms and her well, accent in speaking Spanish are, are kind of interesting. She does people have said she does take on some Latinx accents and mannerisms rather uh, than Spanish uh, you know from Spain. Okay, see. Uh, but that's this is all a part point. this is all part of my Selma Hayek theory because Selma Hayek is a Mexican American. What's the what's the mathematical name for this formula going to be? Is it the uh the Hayek factor. Yeah, it's the Hayek factor hard at work okay. right now. Whether or not Alec Baldwin knows that Ilaria is not actually from Mallorca, she has certainly at least emphasized her family's attachment to vacationing in Spain right. and eventually moving there. Um, she certainly played up you know, that to the point that she did forget the word for cucumber, the American, the, uh, sorry, the English word for cucumber on like a daytime show, one of her first appearances, she later said, like, now she's saying like, look, I never claimed to be from Spain. I adopt an (laughs) accent, you know, just when I'm nervous sometimes. And I didn't really forget the, I didn't really forget what a cucumber was. I, I just, uh, I was a little bit shy. 
because uh, it was my first, you know, one of my first times on TV. It was my my bad attempt at a gag. What? She's like, she's like trying to show how to make gazpacho, and uh, you know, in in the tradition de España, and we have Hilaria Baldwin with us. So tell us. How are we going to prepare this? It's very healthy, it's very easy. All you need to make sure is that you have really good tomatoes. We have very few ingredients. We have tomatoes, we have, um, a, how do you say anything? Cucumber. Cucumbers. We have um, red pepper. We have, of course, the critical cebolla. Onion. Onion. And we have our garlic, our garlic ajo. ajo. And we have a little bit of salt and pepper, aceite de oliva, we Some have olive oil. oil. And we have some vinegar. So all of these things, all you have to do is blend them together. So she didn't pepino. say... You got your pepino? She didn't say cucumber in Spanish. Uh, so like... She said, how you say, oh, wait a minute. I, I ain't even mad at it. I am not mad at her grift. Some people will say that she's like claiming to be you know, like marginalized uh, in America, uh, Latina. She's explicitly claiming to be from Spain. So there's that. Right. And that was part of her defense, too. She's like, I am white. Many okay. people in Europe are, are white. Okay. Which is not untrue. <laughs> oh, man. Look, I'm going to stop short of asking about her actual heritage because I don't fucking care. But, like, that she is... She is white. More of the question is that, like, so she's from Boston. And that is correct. Well, what I think about at the moment, at the at a thing that you had just said, is that uh, Rachel Dolezal came to mind. Yeah, that has come. So Rachel Dolezal is now trending as a result of this. Oh, okay. um, I think that's going a little far. And now, and if you're wondering uh, the Hayek factor that I'm talking about right now, uh-huh. Alec Baldwin at, le- at least seems to think that his wife is from Spain, whether or not he. <laughs> rationally thinks that or just like feels that way or cares that way he has said publicly that his wife is spanish they had a flamenco like themed wedding oh my god he has said oh in an interview he was talking about her pregnancy announcement no you know he cares because you know what's actually happening is that he's yelling at her he's like you mean the flamenco was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, behind the scenes, almost certainly. Yeah. This could result in a divorce. This uh, is crazy. Shit. Um, he, we know for sure that he at least thinks that she's Spanish. Because again, this is not a woman who like has a natural accent. That's an affectation. Uh, when he's describing how, like one, maybe their first pregnancy together, maybe one of their pregnancies, they have like four or five kids now. He's, yeah, he's talking to the interview and he's just like, I just hear... Alec, Alec, oh. come. And I, I to, for me, when I hear that sound, I just come running because maybe it's a spider and I come and she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant, Alec. And I just, ah, it was just a crazy day. And I'm like, okay, so y'all are doing this cosplay together. Like you are, <laughs> you both, you're both super hot oh, for this. You're but... super into it. So I do not blame Ilaria. This is what makes her marriage tick, y'all. Uh, you do what you can to get that man. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I, for example, Joe, I've, pretend, I've been pretending to be 
a white girl from Michigan? Jenny from Downriver, Michigan. Because <laughs> I knew white trash was something that was appealing to you. I really mean, wanted to emphasize that about myself. <laughs> so that's why we have the big TV. Finally, that's settled. Um, it's Yeah, it's part of my trust fund. Um, <laughs> in the spirit of unity, with 74 million voters... <laughs> In the spirit of unity with 74 million voters, um, say say something nice or don't say anything at all. We're going to just go out on uh, three things that we will miss about Donald. Genuinely, genuinely miss about, uh, about him now that he is, has gotten on, uh, you know, Air Force One and departed the premises and departed our collective consciousness. For the most part. Uh, Joe, do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'll go ahead and go first because uh, one of my first become comes at the inception, uh, not the campaign of uh, 2015, 2016, but the inauguration of uh, 2016 there. Uh, if you tuned in, I remember seeing it at the local bar, uh, the parade of the inauguration Yep, saw that shit and on the TV. What was funny is that this was, you know, pre-pandemic, and so this was not a scenario in which people had to stay inside and isolate and, like, social distancing. But, but yet they did. But what I saw was a military band and, and military parading through the streets, and on the side of the streets there was a cyclone fence up everywhere and empty bleachers yeah. for, for a good fucking mile or something he definitely gained popularity throughout his presidency and start off with a it was against a black starless sky and uh you could feel the cold of january by looking at it um we were in texas in january and sitting out on the patio we were outside of a fucking bar having a good day because uh, it was probably about 70 degrees january in texas but yeah, that was actually uh, looking at his very first day when he was inaugurated and seeing that moment of his parade. It was very dystopian. Made me made me think about the Hunger Games and far more than Lady Gaga's outfit. And uh, and I was just like, well, fucking here we are. And I gotta admit that was that was a, a strong moment that I'm glad I saw. Yeah, it was pretty cuckoo. I'm glad I was there with you to see that. Uh, for me. Uh, something I'll miss about Donald, the shredded papers. Uh, so um, apparently there's a rule that an official rule, not an unofficial rule, that every document that passes through the president's hands has to be preserved for posterity. Mm -hmm. And uh, Donald Trump has long been in the habit of um, ripping up, especially <laughs> if the paper says things he doesn't like, mm. but... <laughs> Almost every paper that passes through, he's a human shredder. I imagine how many of those papers are like him several times trying to write, um, like, uh, Eric, I love you. And just like every time he wrote it, he's like, no, nope, that's not right. That's not right. Tiffany, I love you. Tiffany, I acknowledge you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, he ripped up probably thousands of papers uh, over the course of his presidency and someone a uh, White House staffer was officially, probably more than one, uh, assigned the task of using clear, not clouded, scotch tape to painstakingly oh reassemble God. those shredded documents, tape them back together, and store them 
for pros- uh, for posterity. I guess some people tried to be like, hey, now that you're president, could you not do that? Could you not just And he was everything? like, fuck you. <laughs> and shredded a document and pissed on it or whatever. And I imagine I imagine he just started yelling Trump train and throwing things around the office. Well, we can only speculate about what goes on in the White House. Uh, that's the room where it happens and we're not in it. But sure. Yeah. Uh, I did hear an interview with a White House staffer that was tasked with that responsibility. He did ultimately lose his job, which he says was unexplained and he doesn't know why. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't work there anymore, so he's now able to go on the record and say, that was fucking crazy. That's mm. the weirdest shit I ever had to do working at the White House. Yeah. Was pieces back together and use a particular tape uh, that, you know, makes the document legible in order to tape it back together. That is something that I genuinely think is funny. I'm sh- uh, so sorry for the dude. I think he thinks it's funny, too. Yeah. But, uh, because here's the thing. After doing it so much, she probably developed a technique and was very ginger about getting all the scraps and being able to like pull up a clump and be like, this is probably one single page. I'll have to find out in two hours. <laughs> I imagine someone coming in with a dustbin and just like quietly sweeping up every time he tears something up. Oh, but, man. You know, who knows? Anyway, uh, what, what do you got for number two? Well, uh, number two was... <clears throat> Again, uh, very much a uh, visual memory, uh, best in snapshot of a moment where uh, a young kid, I want to say about five or six years old, was brought to the White House. Yeah, like, and, uh, yeah, like eight or nine. Uh, whatever it was. A uh, young kid was brought to the White House, a scrawny little thing, uh, to mow a little bit of the White House lawn. And uh, surely he didn't do the whole thing that would probably kill a little thing his size. Uh, but there was, we've all seen the memes mm -hmm. and I've never known the context for it, but it's a fabulous picture. It is a fabulous picture of this kid pushing a lawnmower that probably weighs as much as he does, uh, across this lush ass lawn with Donald Trump standing about seven, eight feet away, just yelling at him. Open (laughs) mouth. Just open mouth. Yelling. Arms hanging completely limp, (laughs) uh, spaghetti style as, as he's known to do. Uh, yeah. And I imagine he's saying, put your back into it <laughs> or something. I don't even know. My number two, uh, press meetings. Oh boy. Me- meetings with the press. That is a soup. You just open up a big army sized can of soup with that I'm one. Specifically talking about press meetings and just screaming, just having to scream <laughs> over the incredible noise. Oh yeah. Dang it. Sorry, you have a helicopter roaring in the background. Go ahead. I don't hear you. You got to talk. You can see that? You have a helicopter. A little louder helicopter. A lot of noise. What do you I, want I don't to know what... You know you can't with a helicopter. Yeah, Sorry. What do you want to say, I can't hear you. Well, you have a helicopter. I can't hear you. I can't what? Say it again. Will you answer I can't hear your question. I can't hear you. 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 I don't hear you. I don't hear you. You got to talk louder. I can't hear you. You think maybe he was kind of hoping it would get drowned out and it would all be unusable anyway? Yeah, I I think it's definitely a power move. There's an entire <laughs> there's an entire section of the White House that's built specifically to engage with the press. Mm-hmm. It has a podium and a mic and all this stuff, but he doesn't want to use that. 
he wants to do it while on the tarmac. You can't hear their questions. He he can choose to hear or not hear their questions. He chooses not to hear the questions. Mm-hmm. He chooses to hear what he wants to hear. And he res- Jim, I, I can't hear you response. from CNN. You never speak up. And it's such a it's such a baller power move when you hate the press and this is how you want to choose to engage with them. <laughs> Because you can't hear them. You can't hear him. He always gets the last word. He gets to pick and choose what questions he wants to answer by basically inventing them. Because you can't (laughs) even hear these fuckers. And also, he antagonizes the reporters by repeatedly cutting them off mid-question to say, I can't hear a fucking word you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to... Carol? Is it it Carol? (laughs) Carol, you'll have to speak up. Carol, look, I don't care what your name is. You'll have to speak up. Uh, what's your number three? Um, so, well, I was, I was trying to kind of maybe do it three, two, one. So this is my number one. Okay. Like things not, not being smart. I thought about doing a compliment sandwich and putting a total fucking load in the middle of it. Of, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I remember when we tear gas people to get to Lafayette park, but no, um, we're, ke- no, we're keeping it nice. We're, we're keeping, keeping it, it nice. So my number one actually enjoyable moment where I, it just, again, a little bit of schadenfreude, but not uh, whenever uh, it was the Clemson Tigers uh, college football team. The, Cle- the Clemson Tigers? Clemson Tigers. Huh. Uh, they Thought you misspoke. Is it the Crimson Tigers? Clemson Tigers. Oh, Clemson Tigers. Okay. That's what I've said four times now, I think. There's this loud-ass plane behind me, and <laughs> you need to speak up. Carol? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the Clemson Tigers, uh, I believe they won the, uh, college bowl, got their dinner, uh, at the white house as it is, as is a tradition. This was during a government shutdown. And so as it happened, there was absolutely no staff on site to cook a meal for, you know, 20 to 30 people that are visiting for a big media foo the Trump team scrambled in in really perfect form where they a got it done b they got it done very visibly phoned it in <laughs> <laughs> and c totally denied that it was different than the absolute highest standard <laughs> um by by bringing in uh, a multitude of fast food from uh your big names like your McDonald's, your Burger Kings, your Wendy's, your they probably didn't hit up Sonic, but we're thinking about it. No hate on Sonic, you're fine. I think um, yeah, it was but, Wendy's, you know, Burger King, McDonald's, obviously. Oh, big, big, big Trump, Trump McDonald's. favorite. McDonald's, yeah. And KFC you know and KFC. A, you know the motherfucker had a diet coke button? Yes! I just heard about that. Most of us did not know that until recently. Yeah, it's been a it's been a button that's been there and for different purposes. But within a hundred days, he was like, "This is my Diet Coke button," and that was another big change. Biden, day one, get that fucking button out of here. Like he's just he. I don't want a button for get- thing. But yeah, uh, the again the the imagery here of uh, Trump with two thumbs up in front of a a spread that you might see at the. Uh, Basically, the banquet for the losing high school homecoming team, not the winning collegiate team, uh, where it's just a bunch of fast food in boxes 
and uh, it's in the White House, and everybody is all fucking dressed to the nines, and all the and, and all the best they got, and uh, fucking grabbing Big Macs. Yeah, it's just kids, like it was, it was. I've definitely again, been to company functions before. They tend to go the Quiznos uh, if it's a good one, Subways if not route uh a lot of cold sandwiches we got some veggie sandwiches got a couple sure, different varieties uh fast food not so much because once it gets cold and has a chance to sit there and congeal it starts to taste more and more like car- cardboard as that happens yeah you want it if you're gonna eat, put that shit in your body you definitely want to eat it hot that's how it's good but uh my thing is that you know uh i've stayed uh fiercely independent with the people that i work with i don't go with corporations not necessarily a great thing you for me. Fucking liberal, economically, elitist, piece of communist. Whenever I Chinese end up at my Antifa holiday Russian party, my an, my anti Christian holiday party, uh, yeah, it's a potluck, and there's not people it's bringing a, in. It's a satanic potluck. There's not potluck. people bringing in Jimmy John's. Motherfuckers got casseroles, and and people bring queso and. And, and brisket and, and all kinds of things that per, are maybe not seasonal. Perhaps but if the White House had framed this as a potluck. The, as a socialist bring your own food the event. The collegiate football team would have known to show up with their own green bean casseroles to share. Here's the thing. Can you imagine bringing that college football team and they each get to bring two family members. And what you do is you tailgate on the White House lawn. Mm. And you just throw a big fucking cook off and that's, everybody yeah. gets to grill that's the way to do it that's the way that you would actually do it oh yeah how have we not seen this all right my final one is that time that trump kicked a baby out of his rally <laughs> I forgot about that. don't worry about that baby i love babies so i love babies i hear that baby crying i like it. i like it what a baby what a beautiful baby. Don't worry. Don't worry. The mom's running around like, don't worry about it, you know. It's young and beautiful and healthy, and that's what we want. Actually, I was only kidding. You can get the baby out of here. That's all right. Don't worry. I, I think she really believed me that I love having a baby crying while I'm speaking. Yeah. He's always trying to be a stand-up comedian, but sometimes he really succeeds. Like, most of his jokes are lame. Like, hey, low-flow toilets, am I right? <laughs> like, it's all some <laughs> bullshit-ass Seinfeld shit. Yeah, like, right. Um, but sometimes he really is genuinely funny. And oh, often man. it's by accident, but... That shit has me rolling. That was great, yeah. I guess I'll have an honorable mention where I really thought about the Axios interview. Uh, but this was total schadenfreude to see him battle over graphs uh, with this guy that was interviewing him. Uh, oh, my God. That was... Not to mention the Sharpie hurricane incident. Yeah. Holy. Well, that was that was kind of like, okay, like slow news day to me. Uh, <laughs> it, was like, it was funny, but, you know... You don't Man. think it's funny that he drew like a sharpie dick on the fucking hurricane, like a bulge on the hurricane to make it look bigger just to coincide with some statements that he made earlier, which at that moment were not factually accurate. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> yeah. What the actual okay. fu- yeah. There's so. Oh my God. Yeah, you say it out loud and uh, yeah, it is actually pretty funny. 
You know what? We might as well we've pack had, it up. We don't even have a, a show anymore. Under a Biden administration, I don't even know that we have a show anymore. Oh. We're going to have to be talking about Alec Baldwin's various wives for the whole rest of the We've had <laughs> year. a lot of fun here, folks. Uh, <laughs> but it's time to, time to wrap it up. I'm sure that we'll actually still have uh, plenty of tales of corruption and weirdness uh, from the frontiers of the 21st century. It's true. This is not a comedy. Uh, this is not a comedy show. Uh, there's a, still plenty of social injustice. I, I hope to make it a dark comedy show. Uh, we're we're open to the dialogue that you want to share with us. Uh, if you want to get at us, uh, we got an email. It's we're trying show at gmail.com. and of course we're on Instagram at Radio Gripe TX. Uh, yeah. So find us there and find us here. I still have so many prizes. I have yet to deliver to to a single person that has yet to hit us up and share your views. Uh, We want to hear them. Mm -hmm. And we want to give you some of these goddamn prizes. They're moldering. They're collecting dust. The initial prize was based on like uh, the number of ants in a jar or what was it? How many snails? Yeah, that contest is over. If you guessed zero snails, uh, yeah, you would you would have won that prize. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, this has been Snail Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see you next week. As always, I've been Jen. I've been Joe. Yeah, um, we don't have that thing now where it's like, we've been trying. And we have been griping. Keep on griping. Sit down.